And the other thing you said, which I've often found helpful, is taking sections of what I've liked in a painting. And partly that's helpful to me because I can be quite bitty in my larger paintings. If I take a small section of what I like, then I can see, no, I need that small section to be the whole thing. I don't need all this little bitty bits and pieces. Hello and welcome back everybody to another episode of Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. And this is episode 67 and our main subject is going to be how to fall in love with your work. And it was prompted by a listener question, which I will read out later. But first of all, what have you been working on this week? I'll be back in the studio. Yes, yes, yes. yes. And I'm out of sketchbooks now. So I did start working on concertina sketchbooks, which I'll talk about when I get to what's inspired. But so in a concertina sketchbook, it's a big piece of paper folded up into, Mm -hmm. and you just unfold it like an accordion. And so... I suddenly thought, oh, I'm really enjoying this. I'm enjoying this long format. I need to go back to the long format on paper that I was working on. It's such a nice Maybe six months ago. Yeah, I love it. So I've got these big sheets of watercolor paper that I've had for ages. So I've just been cutting them in half, taping them around the edges. And then, well, actually, I've worked on them as one big sheet with tape across the middle and then cut them in half and then carried on working yep. on, the, on them a small. So that you've already kind of disrupted the paper a little bit before yeah. you end up with it in a book. Yes, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to put these in books. I'm going to I'm just going to work. I'm just going to have them as long, flat, thin works on paper right. and so putting more layers on than I have been doing in the sketchbooks. And but um, you mean you're losing? Are you losing your fresh pages, or or or? Well, I've still got some white paper. I've still got bits of white paper, okay. and I've got other ones where I've experimented with coming back in with white, and it's not the same. So, <laughs> I've got a challenge. I'm playing with that, and I've got four or five on the go at the moment. All that format, all that size. But what I'm really enjoying is I'm still working with ink. But I'm mixing it with paint. So it's a, I'm mixing acrylic inks and paints in places and lots of collage, which I, I was doing three or four years ago and then I got away from and now I'm coming back to it. And I, and I really love collage, but only as I don't, I don't like making whole things out of collage. I like collage pieces in, in a painting. Why? Can you identify why? I was trying to think about this and I think, luckily, I have an answer (laughs) because otherwise I'd be going, I don't know why. No, I think it's because I'm always fascinated by things that you can't quite work out. So stories that you can't quite piece together. So for example, anytime someone will say to me something in their family history that's a bit of a mystery... I'm all in on ancestry and trying to work it out and piece it together. People know they can give me boxes of old photographs and letters and I'll just spend ages trying to work out who these people are and what was happening. And I've always loved that. And I think the way I like to use collage in paintings is to have that sense of something that almost makes sense but doesn't quite and you can't, it it makes sense from a design perspective that you look good 
when, and it almost makes sense from a content perspective, but it doesn't quite. And so you're trying to piece it together. It's an in-between space. Yeah. So that's, that's, I think what it is. I'm not particularly happy with how I'm accomplishing that in these pieces. So I want to keep exploring and getting better, but I'm really enjoying it. And the best part was I brought one of them into the house and I put it in the kitchen to look at and see if I, if I liked it. And my husband came in and he went, Oh, I love this. And then he went up to it and then he was like peering at it, trying, and he was trying to work out what was there in the collage. And I was like, that's what I wanted. So that's it's what a I've lovely been. format, that long, thin format. I, I don't know why. There's something that's um, very restful about it. Um, it, was, it was something that I started doing really quite early on in painting. And everybody always used to say, and my mum used to say, because she had a more kind of a little bit more traditional training background, oh, it's a really hard format to work with compositionally. And I'd be like, is it? Why? Yeah. It just felt really good to me. Yes, um, I find it really. But I've good. always liked Horizons. I've always, you know, even, even, yeah. you know, in my design days, a lot of my design layouts, you know, that were often based around kind of horizontal form. There's something about storytelling in it, a movement from left to right, and yeah, I really yeah. like it. And because I'm, I'm kind of trying to, well, I am trying to portray this broad sweep empty landscape with big skies again yeah. it's perfect it's a perfect format for that so I'm just really having fun with it and whenever I try to take it to the big full sheet of paper in the rectangular shape I don't enjoy that as much no. so we'll see but anyway no. that's what I've been oh, doing what about good. you what about you I can see you're in your studio your return to home studio I am. I, I have been moving very, very slowly and um, I'm okay with that. I, I, I have done some doodling around, but basically I've just, I have been in that space where look, I've been, I have been going through old books, artist books that are on my bookshelf and I find it really interesting doing this when there's been a time interval in passing because like this, this book, this is a little um, catalogue of Paul. I never know how you say his name, Paul Feiler, F-E-I-L-E-R. And um, it's a catalogue from an exhibition in, is there a date? I don't know. 1990 so it's not a proper book it's like 44 pages something like that and um I got it at that bookshop that I've mentioned before opposite the Tate just because it seemed a good deal for two quid and often that you know before those things in it I think well I'm not sure I really like that this time I go through it and I found three things that really um prompted me at the moment and I've been going back through actually old work old sketchbooks and trying to identify and probably some of this is is uh, a little bit I don't think you can do it totally in advance but just trying to get a little bit of clarity in my head before I start working again what it is I want to be moving towards a little bit and so far I've got some different ideas that um, I think are just going to, maybe I'm going to start this 
work a little bit differently. I'm going to start with a little bit more intention in mind because I don't just want to begin another round of work just painting in the same way that I have before. Maybe at the moment that doesn't feel appropriate. I'm feeling more inspired to do um, bigger work again. So I had three smaller panels ready to go and actually I've changed my mind. I've put a big uh, 48 inch panel back up on the wall which is an again it's an old one that that it's the one that you saw when you came and you said oh I think that's done and I said no it's not but there are things in it that I really like I, I've got a sense now of what it is that I want to change with that so I'm actually going to start with that rather than starting with these these three fresh but I'll talk about how I'm thinking about this when we get onto the main topic because I think it will all feed in so slowly is is what I'm doing what I'm working on this week I'm I'm going slowly it's been it's been quite an up and down week and um my solution to that at the moment is to ease up which is the hardest thing. I can't remember if we said this last week, but somebody asked in a group I'm in, what's your, what was your word of the year? And uh, honestly, I can't quite remember if it was this year or last year, but my word was ease. And I was like, I could have done without this, prompting me into it, quite frankly. This is a little bit of an overreaction, but uh, something that I need to learn. So I'm just going gently. If I don't feel like doing it today, I don't do it today. But I'm just, I'm, I'm getting closer to feeling like I'm totally I'm in the right space and I know for me I can't start I find it very difficult to start painting if I don't have any sense of idea what I'm doing it for and in the last couple of weeks that had gone a bit and yeah now it's back it's interesting that it's interesting that while we're both doing you know at different stages we both don't feel like painting the way we were Mm -hmm. at all Mm. and so my the process I'm working with now is different and I'm having to discover it as I go so I'm a bit of a beginner in this yeah um and I'm having to work out how how ink works on different types of paper and you know how it works with collage and just um and how to build up layers without it going muddy it's a bit like working with strong watercolor it is and um and and I have some of the same problems that I had with watercolor with it and some different ones. But I love that sense that it's a discovery now. And um but with more knowledge than I had when I was trying to work with watercolour. Yeah, because the obviously the easy way that it goes I mean, watercolours you have the translucency, so it can get muddy very quickly if you overlay yeah. colours that are complementary you know and it can look beautiful from doing that and I know that from screen printing days where you can mix in with the screen inks to make them translucent and you can get these amazing kind of colors over the top of each other it's the same with watercolor yeah if it happens in a place that you don't want it's kind of annoying yeah and I always had a problem with watercolor which I have a bit with ink which is my impatience to um well, and heavy handedness. So if you're impatient with watercolor, it's not fully dried and then you put something else mm. on top. But even when it is fully dried, if you're too heavy handed, you still pull up the color that's underneath and muddy everything up mm. again. And um, so I'm having to learn that with ink and just, but, but I think that that's that same thing that you're doing is just exploring a different way of working that feels right at the moment. Yeah. It's exciting. It's exciting to start on something new. And this is what I always say to beginners who take one of my courses. If you, if you are a beginner, 
you're lucky in a way because I have experienced people come and take the course to try and become a beginner again. Like I had a lady last year, she's a very experienced watercolor artist who was trying to learn to use acrylics. And she yeah. said, I'm trying to learn something new because I want to be a beginner again. I want discoveries. I want things to go wrong. I don't want to know what I'm doing all the time. And that's a nice feeling, I think. Yeah. It, and it's difficult as well because... I think, you know, both of the things that we're talking about is a continuum of what we were doing already. And I think we were also, you know, we're all, we've also at different um, places in it in the sense that, you know, you've been concentrating on getting the studio built and all of that kind of thing. I've been concentrating on CVP. It was getting work ready for an art fair. And I've just got this sense of there is a whole load of complete work. And, you know, for me, um, there is a drive to create and it goes in cycles and there is a drive for completion, but, um, and I enjoy all stages of it, but I think it is really important. It just so happens that, you know, this was, this is in this natural lull rest stage and I don't like racing straight from finish into new work. I think you need to do that and take that time to consider what's going to be different because otherwise all you are doing is in a production loop. Um, so I think maybe, you know, that's probably just been extended more, but it, it's, it's nice to feel that it's back again. But I think more importantly, more than ever now, you know, it's all right not to push it too hard. Yeah. That I'm not pushing. So our main topic uh, came from an email, a lovely email that we got from Kate in Australia. Hello, Kate, who said, after 30 plus years of working and denying myself the joys and challenges of a creative life, I have finally set up a studio and returned to my first love, which is drawing and painting. I've got a lot of learning ahead of me, but I've got a good foundation to draw on, pardon the pun. I watch with interest all the Instagram feeds, etc., and note the responses to some of the art posted. I find them all a bit daunting and overwhelming, and I've got a question for you for the podcast. Should you, or is it okay to like your own work? Do you ever stop fighting that inner critic and external critics and just start enjoying the process? Yes. Next topic. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that the first part surely is easy. Is it okay to like your own work? I think it has to be. I mean, yeah. I don't, I, I think you, I think you have some that you like more than others without a doubt. And Sometimes the process isn't always enjoyable, but the first part, is it okay to like your own work? I think that has to be what drives you. You don't want to be making something that you're dissatisfied with at the end of all of it. You know, maybe we have to go, what does it actually mean to like something? Yeah. Because I, I've, what I'm making at the moment I la I laughed when I saw not laughed I I smiled when I saw the is it okay to like it because I was literally at one point the other day dancing around going I am amazing look at this I love it and I didn't actually think I'm amazing I don't actually think strangers would come in and go oh my goodness but I felt really strongly connected with what I've been trying to do for the last 
eight, nine months yeah. and ha- hadn't managed to achieve. Yeah. And even though I enjoyed all those eight to nine months, because I just enjoy painting, I just like it, but I, but I didn't enjoy the results as much as now. And so now I have that actual feeling that you get sometimes of, of a buzzy kind of in love with what I'm doing, in love with the effects I'm getting, in love with everything about it. So even the ones that aren't working as well as others, I still love because they're, they're my little babies leading me on the way, if that makes sense. And that feeling of, I've, I've had it on occasion in the past, but I don't always have it of, wow, look at that. I love that painting. Yeah. It's amazing. When yeah. you've made something that every time you look at it, you get a little bit of excitement about it. And it doesn't, and, and what I feel is when you genuinely get that, it no longer matters in the same way what someone else thinks. Yeah. But now I don't mean, let's say I put this work out there in some public setting, if those existed anymore, and people came and nobody liked it and everybody just took a quick look and walked off. That would be disappointing. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be saying, oh, well, I don't care. It would be disappointing, but it wouldn't shake my feeling about them. There's two separate things. I would still love them. I would just be disappointed that I seem to be the only person in the world who did. How likely do you think that is? I don't think it's likely ever that if an artist makes something they love, whatever it is, that someone else in the world won't love it as well. Yeah, exactly. I think someone always will. I think sometimes it's hard to find those people. It's not, they're not necessarily just going to show up the first time you show what you've done. But I do, I do believe if you have that feeling of being in love with something you've done, that someone else will get that sense from it as well. Okay, what about this then? So what about a sense that at one point you create something that you like, that you really like? Um, So maybe this is what I'm working with a little bit. And either the liking of it stops you in your tracks or... What happens when 18 months, two years down the line, you really don't like it anymore? Is that a problem or is that just signifying? I don't, you see, I don't think that's a problem. I think it's just, I'm going to answer my own question here. It's just signifying the fact that you've changed and you've moved on and you've developed and you've fine-tuned your um, desires for your work and how you respond to things. I think it's, it's, it's inevitable that, I mean holy smoke there are some paintings out there of mine on pinterest i mean uh. <laughs> but are there yeah you don't like that you really don't like i it's funny isn't it i look at them now and i think what was i thinking and yet if i had never made those paintings i wouldn't be where i am with my painting today i don't mean where i am in terms of things being successful or sales or any like thing like that i just mean that if i hadn't done those paintings i wouldn't have been able to move through that stage of learning to the next stage of learning and to the next stage of learning so when I look at them or they pop up on Pinterest or maybe I see that somebody's made a collection of my work and it's got paintings from you know a long time ago I kind of there's a little cringe but there's a little bit of um 
you know, tenderness for those paintings. Mm. I, you know, I appreciate them. I look at them now and I, do I think they're good paintings? No, on the whole. Every yeah. so often there's one that's a really old one. And I think that was a good painting and you knew it at the time and you didn't realize why, but you knew it at the time. You still mm. had that feeling that you're talking about of, look, I've sat down and I've been working on these all week and I get to whenever it is Friday or when I say they're done and I've got a group of six work and that one is re- that one feels really good and that one not so sure about. Mm. But I didn't have that ability to to look and to understand and to learn from that in quite such the specific way that I do now. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've got one that I made, the first thing I'd ever made, which was collage and paint. And it was a small, like, landscape, abstracty landscape scene, black and white, mainly with a bit of orange. And it was mostly bits of collage, almost like a mosaic of newspaper and magazines and things. And um, it was very big for me at the time. I remember feeling like, wow, this is really different. And I did it without, you know, I didn't copy anyone else. It came out of me. And it, and a friend of mine instantly asked if she could buy it. And she still has it on her wall at home. And now when I go to her house or when I used to go to her house, I would look at it and be like, oh, the horizon line for one thing is almost right in the middle. Yeah. And I could have done better with value contrast and I don't like there's a lane going through it, but it's too much in the middle. It should be off to the side slightly. And I I can just see everything that's wrong with it. However, I, and I've always cringed when I've seen it, but now that you say that, I think, yeah, but that was the first time I used collage with paint, which I've now come back to and which I now realize a bit more why it's important to me. So it, yeah. Also, does it matter? Like she saw it and she likes it. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so so it breaks some of the rules of composition. So you know how you could improve it. I mean, if 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 we're that critical about every painting, I sweat not a single painting would ever leave this place. This well, you know. do, you, do you have this? Because I've got at the moment from clearing out the old studio, I sorted all my work out and I turned out to have quite a lot of unfinished things and boards that need working on. But I've also got four paintings which are left over from my series just after CVP. So most of those sold, but there are four left. And um, so I've had them two years and I don't like them anymore. I want mm-hmm. to... I want to get, but they've got a wax surface on, so I'm going to have to mess about to get the surface off and then sand them back. Do you have that? Do you have uh, things left over that you just want to completely start again with? Um, Yes, and often depending on what the format of it is, the physical format of it is, um, sometimes I keep them. So I think I I showed one um, in the run-up, that little kind of funny little blocky one. Um, I was just like, what is this? This is just weird round blobs. I mean, (laughs) seriously, just not a really good painting at all. (laughs) I've still got that. I'm not going to rework that because it was on its own. It was before I started thinking in groups. I still, I don't want to start working on a painting that's one on its own in a particular size, in a particular format. Um, but I'm I, I kind of keeping it because, like you say, it's quite nice every so often to find it in the cupboard and think, <laughs> "Oh, look, look where I started." But I, ha- I have got some up there which 
which I could go back to. I don't know. I think if, if they're the same format and I can bring them into current work, then I would strip off the surface and keep working with them again, like that big one I did. Yeah, I think mine, uh, if I keep working with them, that what's there would only be there as background. Yeah, It, yeah. W- it wouldn't be there as anything other than I wouldn't cover it all over because there's a lot of texture and stuff. I would sand it back. So I got lots of texture and then I would just start again, I think. But it's reassuring. Don't you find it reassuring to find things like that and to realize how far you've come in, yeah. in your understanding of how the process works, um, in your commitment to learning new things and putting yeah. in practice and putting in the time and also I think in your ability to make decisions about what you like and what you don't like clearly and you know that's perhaps when we come back to this question about is it okay to like your own work and and why I kind of said what what does it actually mean to like it you know I think you've got to get to the point of realizing what that means for you in your work in order to know how to get it more so if we've already established is it okay to like your own work yes it is definitely um, you know, not every time is going to be a, a, a happy, a happy ride necessarily, but ultimately I think that's what we all should want to be getting at because if you don't like it, why would you ever anticipate anybody else is going to like it? So I think you've got to have that. And that's one of my criteria, actually. People often ask for how do you judge when a painting is done? It's like, well, would I want to keep that on my wall and look at it for the next 20 years? I mean, I've got to like it in order to, yeah. want to do that. And if I don't have that, then I can't imagine that anybody else would. And I so think that's important to me when it comes to selling as well. Yeah. And I think what, why you like something, I was just thinking one of the ones that I want to paint over now was about a year and a half ago, it was in a group show and um, I went to see it and some people were standing looking at it and saying, oh, we really like that one. And I thought it was so fantastic and I was so proud of it. And now I think it's, I just don't think it's very good. But if I look at it, the reason why I loved it then was I had achieved really good layers with different things happening and interesting textures. And it was that that I liked. So I can bring that forward and I still like that aspect of work. But what I don't like about it is that the composition is too bitty. It's just, it's, it's too big to have such, so many small shapes and it's too much all the same color and it needs a lot more variety in it. Okay. So this brings us on to the next point because all of those things are valid points. But as with your friend who has the painting in the kitchen that she still really enjoys, just because you were making that painting today now, you would do it differently and make different decisions and it would possibly end up being a inverted commas better painting. Does that mean that that painting in its existence is not valid? Well, I don't know. I don't, it's not valid, but I, I wouldn't want to show it anywhere. So it's just going to sit in a corner. So that, so that seems like a waste of a board and... Okay. You know. well, the only reason that I'm asking that is because we know there have been... People, people in my group recently who have sold old paintings that yeah. they kind of forgotten existed. They were sitting on their website. One of them said, I've just sold an old painting. This is fantastic. I can package off and send it. The other person said, whoops, I've painted over it. 
<laughs> yeah. I had to write this really embarrassing email that said, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. So <laughs> I, I, I totally understand the thing about not wanting to show it. And I've, I've had that before, but you've got, you've got to make sure that you <laughs> erase Take it off. Yeah. Of it it's already off the website. So anyway. off the website again. I had that once where I sold something back way back when, when I was painting these cow portraits that I've talked about, I'd done, I'd done a load of them on paper and they were all in a cupboard because I wasn't planning on showing them to anybody. But my neighbor's wife had seen them. And one evening he came around and said, I've come, he had a a big handful of cash and he said, I've come to buy that painting because she really liked it. And so I'm going to get it for a birthday or whatever. And I was like, oh my word, I have no idea if I've still got it, if I've painted over it. And I ran upstairs and was ransacking cupboards and I managed to find it. But another time I similar done a, a sketch, a, a acrylic sketch painting and put it up on Facebook and a friend of mine wanted it and I'd been working on it that night. So I said, Oh, well, I've just done a bit more work on it. And I showed her the change version. She went, no, oh, I really liked it before. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Trapped. But it's 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 difficult. So you know, we can be the judge of our own work, and I think I think you have to be comfortable with whatever the outcome of that decision is, don't you? So if somebody yeah. sends you an email and says, "I want to buy that painting," and you think, "Oops, I've painted over it," you know, if at the point of making that decision that you're going to paint over it, you know, you've just got to know that 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 might happen. It's a possibility. Some of that just comes down to, do you need more boards? Like I say, physically, does it fit with other things that you're working on? Otherwise, I'd probably tend to leave it. If I'm honest, some of the ones that I could paint over, um, you know, they were in the early days and um, a couple of those are on cradled panels that I made myself. Probably not really very well. The edges of them aren't really very neat. There's nothing wrong with the panels themselves, but I, I kind of feel like, I owe my work a better start than a badly made panel now. Right, right. <laughs> so, so some of that is my hesitancy about, about reusing those again, rather than feeling either sentimental about the painting that's underneath it or that I don't have the storage space. But, in, in, you know, push comes to shove, you know, if I can't ever get to the shops again, I'll paint on that panel. So, yeah. You know, um, I, 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 it's not, that's, that's not going in the bin. It's not going in the bin. Well, that so, comes to the second part of this question, I bet some people are listening because the second part of the question was, do you ever get rid of the inner critic? Yeah. And here we both are being critical about our work. And yeah. I, I, and yet I said, yes, you do at the beginning because I, because what I wanted to say about that is I am very critical of my work in the sense of assessing Mm-hmm. and analyzing and and trying to make it better and I feel I know although I'm sure I don't when I've when I've got something wrong and when I've got something right and I feel I can assess that so I, I haven't got rid of the inner critic but it's not a negative inner critic like yeah. I, I don't anymore have what I used to have which is a voice saying you're useless you can't do this yep you should just give up yeah. It's embarrassing. Don't show anyone because people are going to laugh at you. I don't have that. I agree. Anymore. But I think this thing about it's, it's like this difference between critic and, and critique. And um, when I was yeah. on a Judith's yes. Own It podcast, this is, that was the subject that I brought up. I think, and you know, I am, you know, my family accuse me a lot of being too critical. 
Um, no, Alice. Yeah. <laughs> but for me, it's the way that I learn. Like yeah. if we if we accept everything as the status quo as it is, as the best way that it can be, how are you ever going to identify what you can do in order to make something better? If you're not interested in making something better, that's fine. Live with it as it is. Live in your happy little, I don't care, I don't want to make any changes, I don't want to make any improvements bubble. And lots of people do do that. And if you're making that choice, that's absolutely fine. Um, then it's, it's nobody else. It shouldn't be it's nobody else's, um, you know, nobody else's business basically to tell you anything about it. And I think this is one of the things that often comes up at, at art fairs for people when they show their work, they say, what if people aren't complimentary? Actually on the whole, if people don't like your work and they're not complimentary, they keep it to themselves. You know, they don't come up and say, do you know what your work's rubbish? Yeah. Um, they, you know, they realize that it's not, it's not any of their business. But in terms of you and your work, should you have an inner critic? Absolutely. Mm. You need it. Like that ability to look, um, be a little bit dispassionately at it, I think is essential. I, I, I can't see how you can ever learn or identify what it is that you want to move towards without having that critical eye. I mean, you know, theatre critic, restaurant critic, everything, teachers marking papers, what are they looking for? They're, they're looking for, they're not looking for mistakes for the purpose of mistakes. They're looking for where are the areas where you can improve this? Where are there things where you're doing something exceptionally well? Like, Say you're talking about um, a piece of creative writing that you've done. Like everybody has their own individual unique skill sets that come around as a result of time that they've spent on doing things or their interests or whatever. You know, everybody in my family has different skill sets about different things. And, you know, they each therefore have a different critical level of assessment for it like my son can do music things on the computer in the way that I can't do my daughter can you know write things and put things together conceptually in her head in the way that I can't do we've all got that kind of grounded space but in order to really become fully rounded in whatever area it is that we choose is important to us we have to have the ability to look at ourselves critically yeah but I think, I think it's looking at the work critically, yeah. But not making it mean something bigger about yourself, which is what I yeah. used to do. So I would look at a painting or a drawing and say, "This is not very good." Yeah. Therefore, I'm not very good. I'm a piece of crap. I should just yeah. give up. Everyone will laugh at me. That's a whole other great big thing, isn't it? Is. it? So yeah. it's like having. I Don't feel make like it mean anything. Yeah, you've got to you've got to have a basis, a grounded basis of confidence in yourself and your own direction. But that part of that confidence comes from the fact that you know you will critique your work and make it as good as possible. So that knowing that I'm going to do my best to make it as good as possible, which means I'm going to critique it, gives me confidence that I am quite competent. Does that make yeah. sense? 
Yeah, it, yes, it does make sense. Um, and I think that this idea of uh, critiquing it and making it as good as it can be, possibly, um, the kind of release, the let out, if you like, for that is as good as it can possibly be yeah. at this current time. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for, for me, the biggest change for this was, I think, when I was first painting and when you don't have a sense of time scale, long, long time scale, when you think all I'm doing is making, making pictures for this open studios and you can only think as far as the open studios that's happening in six months time or seven months time, that's, that's all that your focus is on. That becomes the kind of be all and end all, almost that you're judging yourself against. When I kind of got to the point where I was thinking much, much bigger about that, like, what do I, what do I want to spend? What do I really want to spend my time doing for the rest of my life? Am I going to go back and get an, a job in an office? Um, do I want to go back to graphic design? Do I want to do nothing and just cook and look after the children and make the house nice? What do I want to do? Big, big, big stuff, like big why stuff. When I kind of thought, no, I, I really want to see where this is going to go. Well, like, where, where, where is it going to go when? Like, next year, next month? How long? And it was when I kind of thought, no, I could see myself doing this. I don't know what it's going to look like, but in some form forever, then I can be forgiving of myself when I have a painting that doesn't go right, a day that doesn't go right, an event that doesn't go right, anything like that. Because as long as it's progress... That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Putting, putting it into kind of context um, is huge. It's huge. Okay. So let's get down to brass tacks then. How do you make work that you like? I've got, I've got three things here, but I was going to come to you first. How, well, how do... I've got, I, I've just been putting something together for a video on this, funnily enough. So here are my three ways I think people get to make, well, I think how they identify what they want to make. So let me do that first, because that's different from getting to understand the technical aspects. I think, um, as everybody knows who knows about my courses, I teach, I teach that following joy, a feeling of joy in some form or another is the way to get to what you want to make. And I pinpointed that down to three things today when I was thinking about it. How did I get to make work that I love? First of all, I, I thought about what brought me joy or what br brought me pleasure in life. Where did I feel most connected out in the landscape? what specific parts of the landscape I worked that out what do I feel most joy and connection with when I look at other people's art pinpointing that and seeing what I love in other people's art mm -hmm. and then what do I feel most joy and connection with in the way I work when I'm physically working what do I most enjoy doing following those three things got me to a place or those three threads got me to a place where I could identify what I wanted my work to be about, what I, you know, kind of wanted it to look like. I wanted scribbly lines and blocks of color. I wanted these kind of colors. And, um, and then I could move on to learning how to accomplish that. 
Yeah. But first, 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 I think you have to understand what you want to say with your work. And when I say joy, I don't mean that everyone's work is about happiness because it isn't, but connection maybe is a better word than joy. Where do you feel most alive, most connected, most interested, most passionate? That's where the artwork, that's where your artwork should come from, I believe. So what happens though, if you have something that physically you enjoy in the process of making it, like the way you use paint or whatever, but visually the end result, Yeah, so then I was hoping you were going to get to that bit. (laughs) Because then I think, because then there's a whole next step. But I think... There is, okay, all right. I think think people go to the next step, which is learning the technical knowledge before they've gone to the first step. And so they get frustrated because they go, okay, I understand about color, I understand about composition, but what do I want to paint? Like, I don't know what I'm painting. I'm just here playing with paint. So is that your, is that your three things or is that one, is that one? So they were my three things for finding what you want to paint was what do you love in other people's art? What do you love in life? What do you love the feeling of when you work? Okay. Then I think you move to step two. So now you know what you want your work to be about, but when you make it, it still doesn't look very good. Now you need to learn one way or another how to make a good painting this is this is really interesting because we seriously didn't discuss this at all beforehand and I think it'd be quite nice to come back um and just look at how you identify what it is really that you're interested in you know different ways that you could do that but these these are my things which are also three things and here they are right number one is identify what moves you in the world and in other people other artists work so for me for me it was this realization that having always grown up in London in busy kind of active city London spending time in these big open wild rough spaces of Dartmoor was a revelation to me that I even liked it it was like what the heck is happening here? Why is this so, you know, why do I find this so good? And yeah, I also love living in London. So it was this, it it, it was always this kind of balance of kind of chaos and busyness and chaos and control and busyness and quiet. And the, those kind of elements that I was mm, fudgingly in the dark kind of driving towards, um, and in other artists' work, you know, you, you go round, you know, when you go round an art gallery, and I think, you know, you do it as children, and we did it as children. It's like, oh, look here, read the thing, look at every painting in the room. This is what you're supposed to be learning. I don't do it like that. I go, and I will go into a room, like, very quickly, and I will think, what painting is it that I am pulled towards? And I will just absorb that painting. I'll stand in front of it why you know I, I you learn so much more by standing in front of one painting for 20 minutes than looking at 20 paintings for one minute so so that kind of sense about really taking time with other artists work what is it is it huge color fields is it the fact that um the marks they've done are evidenced of you can actually see physical evidence of movement you know what is it that you're really liking in that painting so that's my number one identify what moves you number two is accept your way of working is what it is for now 
So just this idea of continuum, you know, you, yes, you've got to like it, but it's also going to come out of you the way it comes out. Like, you know, my voice is my voice. I am the height I am. My hair is the way it is. Can I do it? I can't do anything about it. So I might as well just go with it. I have days where I can make it all look a bit better and days when I can't be bothered, but it is, it is what it is. And your paintings are going to come out of you the way they are for now. And I think you've got to get comfortable with that idea you've got to give yourself a little bit of grace and then you can start to find the places within it that you like um so that leads me on to the third one which is be gentle with yourself as you learn but learn constantly mm. you're not going to get there ever sorry yeah and that's what you were saying the the painting that made me jump around the other day in a few years, if I still have it, I'm going to go, mm-hmm. I could do so much better than that. Look what I'm doing now. Now I'm really good. But mm-hmm. it, it's never going to. And, and I think that helps as well when you have bad days because that's not permanent either. So when you do yeah. a series of bad paintings, I had before this whole epidemic thing changed our ways of working, I had quite a few in a row bad painting days where nothing was going well. Yeah, but it's not permanent and it doesn't mean anything about me. It just means I'm not in the right mindset for whatever reason. I love that while I'm talking to you about this, your dog just wandered (laughs) and flopped down on the floor behind you. With a great big board sign. (laughs) Mine's outside doing the same thing in the garden. When am I going for a walk? (laughs) well yeah she's not impressed I don't think um yeah so okay so let's just go quickly just quickly back before we move on to this this idea of okay fine it's all very well to say it and I think we've both given you our examples um of you know what moves you what you're interested in but physically what does that look like in terms of gathering information collecting things do you even do that do you even think it's necessary I'm going to kick this one off. I haven't probably done it for a while because I don't tend to do it when I'm in the process of making paintings. This Mm. is this loop thing for me. When I'm in the process of making paintings, I'm, I'm in them. I'm figuring it out in them. It's at this stage now that I'm thinking, okay, what am I going to draw into this next? Where are these next things going to be coming from? And, you know, so for me, that might come from going out on a photo walk, um, going through my existing camera roll that I take photos of all the time, what print those damn things out, stick them in a book, keep them. Um, so I'm going to do a bit of that. I'm going to be going back to some of my older work and I'm going to print them out on the printer, um, a number of copies of each of them, really identify what it is I liked in the paintings that I liked, look at cropped areas, identify what colors. I want to work more consciously with color this time. Mm-hmm. This is this is what I figured out. I want to work more consciously with color. So um, Pinterest is good if you're thoughtful about it. And mm-hmm. again, the way that I would use Pinterest for this, if you're really thinking, what is it that you like? You've got to learn to, to edit and curate. So start a new Pinterest board. You can keep it secret if you want to. And maybe you could even go back and don't, don't start going down other new Pinterest wormholes. Um, but just gather together from your existing Pinterest boards, if you've already got Pinterest, you know, some of your just go through your old boards and just regather together in a new one what you really like. And so until the point where maybe you've got 50 or 60 images in there and then go through and delete the ones 
that you don't like that much that you wouldn't go into a burning house to save them if the house was on fire. So that you end up with like 10 to 20 images of things that really love you, like paintings you would steal for, that kind of thing. That's what you want to get to. You want to get to, that's kind of what we're aiming for. That's what you want to have in your work. Um, And then I would look at those and really identify what it is that you learn in them. So um, then the other thing, two other things that I do, uh, drawing, a little bit difficult to do out and about at the moment. So that's out of the loop for me. Um, And writing, writing, writing thoughts is where I, it's where you get certainly some of the more abstract kind of concepts that you want to play with comes from writing. And I don't do it all the time, but I do do it at this stage. So I'm going to be doing more writing. Oh, interesting. So that's never been part of it for me, not to say it shouldn't be, but it never has. I've gone back to at the moment I was very inspired when I took the workshop with you actually and we went into up into Yorkshire and we were drawing out what really inspired me about that was I'd stopped really drawing in sketchbooks at that point and how much of that stuff came back into paintings later mm-hmm. in, in interesting ways things small things from that lots of things from that didn't ever come back but some yeah. things did and so in recent weeks now that we're in this lockdown my daily walks um they can get a bit boring because I'm very fortunate to be out in the middle of nowhere with lots of the walks from my house which are you know beautiful so however in the same path every day same ones <laughs> every day there's like four I can do and I'm like oh same four but what I've started to do is take I've got a rucksack with sketchbook and a few pencils and crayons and things in it I take that out with me and Riley doesn't like walking in the hot weather anyway so he's quite happy to stop every now and then and Sorry, have a lie can, down can we, just, can we just check on this what actually is the temperature there today it's about 65 in Fahrenheit. I don't know what that is in centigrade because I'm still hot, on American it? time. It's about like 15 degrees. Yeah, That's not it, hot weather. If it, if it gets over 15 degrees, Riley really can't walk. I mean, he starts panting. He starts drooling. He's just terrible. He's got this, apparently he's got this, what's called on dogs, a double lock coat. And it's where the coat goes two different ways. Um and it stops when he gets wet. It never seeps into him. He just sits on top of his coat. Oh, wow. Uh, and it, certain dogs have this. And because he's a mixture, he's just got this weird coat. But it makes him very hot. And so is it, anyway. Is it, is, it, is it a design? Is it a design thing that's evolved in particular dogs to be an advantage? Or is it a... I don't know. It was the dog daycare lady who said, oh, he's got a double lock coat. And it means that when they give him a bath, he's very hard to get dry. Mm-hmm. You just have to leave him to dry himself. But I guess it comes with certain breeds. Yeah. And it, she just said it means the hair goes one way and then one way back over the top. So there'll be some dog person listening who knows what I'm talking about. But anyway, so he doesn't oh. move when I sit there and draw. And that's been fantastic because I've what I've been doing is sometimes I'm photographing as well, but just noticing again for myself, what am I interested in? And I tell everybody I'm interested in this beautiful wild landscape, but the things I stop and take pictures of and the things I stop and draw are a twisted bit of barbed wire, a gate that's all fallen down, a Mm. barn with a broken down roof. Mm. There's a farm near me where sadly the farmer died last year and at the moment it's, you know, ramshackle and nobody's done anything with it. 
the farm buildings there fascinate me. I love them and I want to go sketch in there. I just haven't got Riley that far yet because it's a bit further along than he, not, he likes to go. But that, so noticing. So yeah. don't, I think, don't just say to yourself, oh, I love flowers or I love yes. drawing people or I love drawing. What about people? What about yeah. flowers? Yeah. And really getting into the detail. And when you start observing, taking pictures or drawing, that's what gives you the little bits and pieces that come back into, I find, come back into my work. But I never take the sketches, go back and go, right, let me turn this sketch into a painting because that doesn't work for me. I know it yeah. does for some people. Um, I was watching a video about an artist and I can't remember his name. I'll find it and put it in the show notes. But he goes out and sketches then enlarges the sketches into like an abstract composition and then paints that but that I just can't do that but yeah. that information gathering and the other thing you said which I've often found helpful is taking sections of what I've liked in a painting and partly that's helpful to me because I can be quite bitty in my larger paintings if I take a small section of what I like then I can see, no, I need that small section to be the whole thing. I don't need all this little bitty bits and pieces. And finally, again, just same as you, but I go onto Pinterest and I take, I randomly just pick paintings I love and put them into a board. And what's interesting about that is if I go back and look at what I put in two years ago, I don't really love some of those anymore. I've, that's another thing I've moved oh, on got, from. So you've got, you've got, tougher on your conditions of what you like or or I've just changed my tastes have evolved and okay and what I really loved two years ago just like in my own work what I really loved in someone else's work two years ago is not necessarily what I love now whereas I often find that some of the things that I love that I put together in a scrapbook from 20 years ago are still things that I'm grappling towards yeah you know yeah. Sketchy, sketchy scrappy marks letter formed but it, it's combination of it, it's always just some kind of combination of rough drawnness and something controlled always you know that's yeah. the kind of core thing but it comes out in different ways and I, I hope this time so this time I've all, all I've come up with so far and I've just got this sheet of paper that I've got pinned up and as I'm just you know the thoughts sometimes you're thinking consciously and sometimes you're doing something else you know, tidying, putting clean sheets on the bed, whatever it is, and little thought pops up. You know, if it's about colour and construction, now for me, I want to work with softer colour, but the construction or the design, if you like, of the painting, I want it to be, well, I wrote down harder, but that's not right. What I mean is simpler, calmer, less frantic. Now, whether that is informed by the current time, I don't know. I think it's something that I've been trying to work towards um, um, for a while. So it's kind of being more pulling back in one area, pushing in another, maybe. Yeah. You know, so it, but it's, it's, it's a process. So um, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was good conversation to say we didn't plan it and, when I got on this call, I thought, I can't quite remember what, I, I remember roughly what we were said we were going to talk about. It was based on Kate's question, but other than that, I couldn't remember. So yeah, it went yeah. really well. 
So hopefully, if you're if you're if you're listening to this and you've been a bit like I'm not feeling it, I think I think one of the things at this moment is you don't have to be feeling like doing the big things in all the big you know doing the great big painting, but maybe you could take one element of something of these. Start, just start a little route of investigation. Start gathering. Is there an idea that you've never really given yourself the time to just make it manageable so that when you come back to it, you've got that kind of resource and reference that you can start to pull back into your own work? Because, you know, it, it is the way back in if it's too big and you just can't start and like we've been talking about before, it's like, you know, desire to make a huge amount of great big paintings. It's just, it's just, if it just feels too much, then start with something smaller. So I hope that that's prompted some ideas for all of you and your own work. So before we finish up for today, what has inspired you this week? learning 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 I'm so excited so I have gone on like everybody apparently is now moving towards taking online courses and in the past I've signed up for some online things which I've never actually got through apart mm-hmm. from CVP was my big online course which I which I worked my way through but uh, I signed up for two things in the last few weeks the first was one of Karen Stamper's sketchbook courses and Karen's been a guest on the podcast and if you just look up Karen Stamper's sketchbook courses you'll find her and these are just short um, courses that she's not live teaching although she is in a Facebook group to answer questions but you just you log on and follow at your own pace really inspiring and actually although I'm a terrible student because Karen's teaching all these lovely methods and about two videos in, I was like, oh, I've had an idea and I just ran off and started doing my own thing. (laughs) But that's fine. I got inspired and then I did finish watching all of, she's got some fantastic techniques, but I, I, I tend to be more interested in figuring my own techniques out anyway. So I, it was very inspiring to see her beautiful work, to see her ideas and then to take those and start working with them. But that's okay, isn't it? You know, to just use something like that as a prompt, if that's your stepping stone back into doing something new and different, that's that's just as good as a result. Exactly. And so if anybody's looking for like sketchbook inspiration, honestly, Karen's courses, and she didn't pay me to say this, they're they're lovely. And she's such a lovely teacher. She's so natural. There's nothing stage managed about it. It's just you feel like she's sitting there with you explaining. So that was the first thing. And the second thing was a business course that I signed up for, which um, doesn't actually start till Monday. So this comes out on Tuesday. I'll have just started the course on Monday. But when you signed up, you were given access to all sorts of extra bonus learning, which is past courses this person's done. Um, And it's about how to launch things and how to grow a business. And quite a few artists are actually in his case studies of how they've launched their work using his methodology, not just launching teaching and things. Very interesting. Anyway, the, the free things that I've so far had access to were just like, you know, when neurons start firing and you're like, oh, I see. Oh, I could just change that. Oh, I could just do that. And I was last night, I just sat there till about midnight writing up a stream of things from watching these videos and nothing very complicated that I have to do. Nothing that involves new technology, just new ways of writing emails, new ways of new things to do on videos 
that um, very inspiring. So I'm looking forward to nine weeks of product launch formula with Jeff Walker, which sounds very stilted and formal, but actually... You read the book? I didn't read the book. I didn't read the book because I wanted to do the whole program, but I did do his free one week thing, which I know you've done before. And for me, actually, one of the key things in deciding to invest in something like this is does the person annoy me on? <laughs> he's, he's, very, he's very nice and smiley, isn't he? Yeah, and he's, he doesn't for some reason annoy me. And there's nothing wrong with other people who perhaps have irritated me, but I, I know I can't spend nine weeks listening to someone if something about them and the way they talk is grating on me. So I thought, you know what, I've spent a week listening to him and he talks for hours at a time and I'm okay. I'm okay with this so I can keep going. So anyway, I'm looking forward to that. We, we shall see. I think in these times, I just need a little bit of business. It's nice you know, to have some guidance, guidance. isn't it? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. I think. And I've never invested in a business program before. So um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll, I've not done that one, but I think you'll probably find it, um, very helpful. And I think your criteria for choosing, you know, ultimately it's the same thing that we were talking about before. You know, if you're drawn to it, if it feels appropriate for you and something that you're wanting to investigate further, do it. Yeah. Do it. You know, it's a, it's a good way of doing things. So what about you this week? What's inspired you? Um, mine has been, um, yesterday really conversations with, with others so um we had a tough family day on tuesday um you know lots of stuff (laughs) and then yesterday i was had a gentle morning but i had a busy i had a busy afternoon so i had a call booked in with my coach and then i have also set up some um opportunities for people to book in and have a bit of individual coaching with me for either short or longer sessions if they want them you can find that on my website and uh, one of the conversations yesterday was with somebody who previously has booked so we are now in um, midway through a longer series and she actually actually booked a few so we've got we've had three over a few month period and it was just so lovely to spend that time with all of those people going into depth that's and that's what I realized that I really enjoy and that's what I like to do in the membership and you know I get I get pushed sometimes by other people business business people and you know to you know make it bigger there is a demand you could go bigger with it yeah I could But what I really like, that's why it's called The Connected Artist, is knowing where people are in it. And, you know, recently people have been leaving. A lot of people have been leaving. And I can understand the reason why at the moment. But my reason for that being hasn't changed. It is for long-term, ongoing support and community, all of which is still valid. And... um, I understand that everybody's in totally different situations. And I think, you know, we've all got to listen to reasons why we join something and why we leave something. And there is no right or wrong in any of it. But what I've noticed is that the people who are leaving tend, they tend to be the people who've only been in for a couple of months and haven't been involved. Yeah. Whereas 
the people who've made it part of their practice and support, they're not going anywhere. I hope yeah. if you're listening. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. But the, the, the point of what's inspired is, I, and I thought, you know, I've done all the things that we've all done in the last three weeks. Should I be putting together an online course? Should I be doing this? I could be doing this now. I could be doing, yeah, you could. But actually what's really important, what's really important is for me is I like working with this kind of quite in-depth way with people. And if I can do that for more people at the moment, um, then, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy. And it seems to be what gets results for people. When you get an email back that just goes, that was bloody brilliant. Mm. Then I think, well, you know, that was worth my afternoon. So, uh, you know who you are, those people. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it just as much as I hope it was helpful for you. I think that's so important that we pick, it's like with painting, that we do things that feel good to the way we like to work. Mm-hmm. I, I, my membership group is, is re, I, I always thought I didn't want to do it because I didn't really want that. I don't really want to be a coach. I don't really enjoy that. And so I couldn't see how to make it work. But what do I love doing? I love working, filming myself working, talking about what I'm doing, why I'm doing it, making little videos. I love helping people with quick questions. I love inspiring and encouraging people who are maybe a bit not confident in making art rather than business of art. And so I've met, so I found a way to make something around those things. And that's the biggest lesson I've had in the last few years, which I think everyone, it applies to everyone. You can make anything be how you want it to be. We think we have to do things the way someone else is doing it or someone else, but you can make anything the way you want to do mm-hmm. it. And you're amazing at that one-on-one coaching. I, I had a call with you once where we went over my paintings a few years ago. It was the most valuable hour of talking about my work that I'd had, you know, the most valuable help I'd had from anyone. You're really good at that seeing. Um, what are you really good at? You're really good at coming at it from the, the, from my perspective as the yeah. person coming That's to That's what you. I really want to do is to get and, you to get it out of. Yeah. You life. don't, you don't tell me your way of doing it, but you're very good at asking just the right question. And you're very good at picking up on, because I've seen you do it in the group too with other people at picking up on the thing that's holding some, someone mm. back or the thing that they're not quite pinpointing. Mm. So, and you, you have a lot of, I it, don't it's, it's difficult and it's weird because yeah. like if we're talking about kind of, you know, critic and imposter syndrome and how we're doing things, I've had no training in this other than understanding the process, but isn't it, I just find it fascinating how, I, some, you know, what I've chosen to put together is about encouraging people to kind of take something and make it bigger so that they get a little bit of recognition from it. You're not, you say you're not interested in the business side, but I actually think that you're a much stronger business person than I am. And yet what you've chosen to do is something that is more encouraging people at a different, I just find it how it's really interesting. Yeah. Now we're talking about creating something that is you and your way of doing something, but it's almost like we've kind of flipped. You know, maybe yeah. like I want to keep the art and the teaching and what my process is. I, I, I don't know. I still, I have that resistance to like, well, 
how, how can I do that? How can I do that for other people? Like, I don't have an identifiable step that I can teach you about how to make a painting. I can talk you through yours, but can I formulate this into a course? I can do something yeah. that I know would be interesting, but is, is that yeah, really? I, see, I couldn't, I couldn't teach. I could never do one of those courses where I show someone, do this, do this, do this, and then there's a painting. All I do, which and this happened by accident during the first time I did my course, I filmed myself working and talking about what I was doing as a bonus. Mm. Cause I was trying to think of a bonus and I thought, what could I do? That's all yeah. I could. Think of. Yeah. Then the feedback was, Oh, that was almost the best thing about it was watching yeah. that. Cause, and then I realized, yeah, of course it was. Cause I love watching other artists I work know. and talk about what they're doing. I, I just enjoy that. So now I've made that part of the membership. And again, I'm getting the same, oh, this is the, this is amazing. This is what we want more of. Yeah. And it's such a surprise, total, uh, you know, so, so it's not like I'm saying do it my way. It's more I'm going, right, I've got this piece of paper. I'm going to do this. Oh, now I think I'm going to try this. Maybe and I, I love, I love that story because the fact that you, you did it and then, then it turned, that's what turned out to be valuable. Whereas I think that's probably where my inner critic is currently stopping me from doing that. Cause you know, I know that I love watching, you know, when other people do it and people it. would love to watch you. I mean, I, I used to crave you to make another video. When I first found you, you made a video and I can't even remember when. And I thought, oh, Alice is going to make regular videos. And then I waited. I know, <laughs> waited. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, time's been taken over by other it things. It was so yeah. interesting. Yeah, but we'll get there. Anyway, once, you, once you got the camera set up, I'm just trying to encourage you now. Once <laughs> you got the camera set up, all you have to do is do your work and then film it. You I know, I know. And maybe at the moment, I just, you know, I'm, I think there's that thing, isn't it? Of, you know what it is with me? It's like as soon as I've done something, I want to put it out. I'm so impatient. Yeah. <laughs> I've done something, I want, but then it just feels really weird when you don't know where it's going to go yet. <laughs> Got to be a little bit protective of like, uh oh. But even though, even though when it all goes, uh oh, I'm I'm actually quite happy sharing that. So I don't know why that actually. Yeah, yeah. It's been maybe another conversation for another day. Anyway, we've gone on a little bit over time, but I hope that was um, okay. Um, have a good week. Have a happy week. If you want to um, investigate any of the things that we have been talking about, uh, find Louise uh, and all the details of what she does at louisefletcherart.com or at louisefletcher underscore art on Instagram and find me at alicesheridan.com and Alice Sheridan Studio on Instagram. My phone has been completely on the blink. There has been no photos, no videoing, no Instagramming because the screen has been jumping around. And I spent three hours yesterday till 1am having a very nice conversation with Jake from Colorado, all about his daughter (laughs) missing her swimming lessons while we attempted to fix my slightly expensive two-week out-of-warranty iPhone, which is now kaputted everything we've done complete restores erasing reloading software nothing will work on that screen i haven't dropped it i haven't done anything so anyway i haven't been on instagram but you know now i'm back in the studio hopefully maybe i'll get back on there a bit so that's goodbye from us then um wishing you all a lovely happy moment creative moment restful moments 
all the ups and downs and we will see you next week bye 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 got a cup of tea i'm jealous yes i have a lovely cup of tea and you have a kitchen and a kettle you could actually make yourself one. <laughs> i'm saving it for later oh <laughs> you're not rationing tea bags i'm not yet. rationing it i just thought shall i have one now what happens if i have one now is i make one now and i really look forward to it and then we talk and then it's cold yeah this is true this is <laughs> true i'd have it later So you were having alcohol-free day yesterday. Yeah. So do you feel really good today? Well, but although I stayed up quite late chatting um, and having cocoa with Theo, which was very nice, but it meant it meant a late night, so... Yeah, so you haven't really felt the benefit of the no yeah. alcohol. <laughs> no, no. I've, well, it would, probably would have been worse, though, had I been having a glass of red wine and a late night so yeah i'm probably better than i would have been yeah so that's all in the right direction 